Genesis chapter 39, starting reading at verse 1. This is God's word. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favour in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was that from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now... Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house and what he has com- and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I nor has he kept anything back from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men was of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened that when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant who you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favour in the sight of the keeper of the prison And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, 
because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Amen. We thank God for this reading from his truth. We're going to pray and ask God for his help to understand it. Let's pray. Our God and Heavenly Father, once again we thank you for your word. We thank you for what it firstly teaches us. Teaches us everything we are to believe about you and every duty you require of us. We thank you that it is useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. We thank you that it points us to Jesus. That it teaches us of the salvation that comes only through Christ. And we would be so bold today to ask that as we study your word together that you would do all these things. That you would teach us and correct us and rebuke us. That you would train us in righteousness. That you would point us to Jesus. By the power of your Holy Spirit, might we see Christ today high and lifted up. Exalted as King of Kings. We pray these things in his name and for his sake. Amen. Well, so we are back today with the story of Joseph. And we pick up where we left him in the house of Potiphar. Last week we saw lots of things happening to Joseph. And to an outside observer, those things might have seemed as mere coincidence. As we read through the story, God's name wasn't mentioned. But whenever we started to peel back the layers a wee bit, we could see that actually God is in control here. God was governing all things. We might have said something about God's invisible hand being at work in the life of Joseph. Working away in the background to to bring about his plans and purposes. But I don't think we can say that about our passage today. The passage that we've just read leaves us in no doubt that God is there. God is intimately involved in everything that's going on. When we read our Bibles, it's useful to us to to look out for repeated words, repeated phrases. They they often point us towards what the main meaning of the the passage is. And in Genesis 39, it's clear that what's very central to this message is there in verse 2. It's there in verse 3 at the start of the passage. And then at the end of the passage, verses 21 and 23, tells us time and time again, the Lord was with Joseph. And so while there's lots going on in this chapter, there's two main sections where the action's taking place. So we're in the house of Potiphar and then we move to the prison. But what is clear is in that, that in both places and at all times, the Lord is with Joseph. And so, folks, that's our main point today. That's the the main thing I want you to to take away from our service today. Last week, the, the main thing I wanted you to hear is that God is always at work. This week, I want you to hear that God is always with his people. God is always with his people. It's a wonderful truth today. It's an immense promise for our future 
through all the ups of life and all the downs, through the good times and the bad, God is always with his people. And this is really important. God is always with his people, even when it doesn't feel like it. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. It must have been so tough for him. He he probably knew that his brothers hated him. He probably knew they were jealous of him. But what a shock whenever they actually beat him up, threw him in a pit, and then dragged him out of the pit and sold him into slavery. To actually act upon their hatred in in, in such a way must have been a shock to Joseph. I'm sure he, he didn't feel as if God was with him in that moment. But nonetheless, God is always with his people, even when it doesn't feel like it. We see this truth throughout the whole Bible. It's one of the things the scriptures principally or firstly teach us. When we're in the wilderness, when we're in the desert place, in the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to fear because God is always with his people. When we're on the mountaintop in in the place of green pastures and still waters, we can rejoice. Because God is always with his people. God makes this promise throughout the Bible. Years after Joseph, as the the children of Israel have left Egypt and wandered in the wilderness, as they are preparing to, to follow Joshua into the promised land, God says to Joshua, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. God is always with his people. Jesus repeats this promise at the end of the Gospels. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. And following, Jesus says after the Great Commission, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And this is the hope that that has been made real for those who have gone before us into glory. And it lies in the future for all Christian people. God's word tells us in, in John's vision of the future, Revelation 21, the tabernacle of God is with men. Uh, tabernacle means dwelling place. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Friends, this is a a great thing to remember in those days when we don't feel good. In the difficult days, in the bad days, please remember that God is always with his people. He's with you through the ups and he's with you through the downs. If you are trusting in Jesus by faith, then God has sent his Holy Spirit into your life and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God is always with his people. Joseph's story is a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it? Verses 1 to 6, actually, they they give us a pretty positive picture of Joseph. He's sold into slavery, but, but then he finds himself in a good situation. He seems to have landed on his feet. Verse 3 lays it out pretty clearly for us. His master, Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord 
made all that he did to prosper in his hand. It's a a pretty good place for Joseph. Uh, Because of God being with him, Potiphar puts Joseph in charge of everything, in charge of his whole household. Everything that Potiphar had was under Joseph's charge. The only thing Potiphar worried about was the bread that he ate. That sounds as if things are going pretty good for Joseph. He's in a good place. But the events that follow are just another up and down and good times and bad times. Just look at what happens. Verse 7. Verse 7 tells us that Joseph was handsome. And we would probably say that's a good thing. We would consider that to be a good thing. But being a looker seems to have been a bit of a downfall to Joseph because it meant he attracted the unwanted attention of his boss's wife. It's not such a good thing, is it? And so Joseph does the right thing and he flees from sexual temptation. I want you to notice as well, it's not just, it's not the, only the sexual temptation that Joseph flees from, that this is an, a horrible situation. From the very moment that Potiphar's wife set her eyes on Joseph, there wasn't going to be a good outcome for Joseph. If he had given in, it's not likely that Potiphar would find out, given the level of trust that he put in Joseph. But Joseph knows that it would be wrong. It would be adultery. It would also be a betrayal of Potiphar's trust. The commentators also note that giving in to this woman would have given Joseph even more power than he had before. But again, Joseph has integrity. And in the moment he doesn't give in to temptation, he walks away. In each moment, despite the barrage day after day after day, Joseph does a good thing, he does the right thing, and he flees from temptation. As I say, it shows great integrity on Joseph's behalf. It's said that integrity is who you are when no one else is looking. Whenever nobody else is around, how do you behave? I think that needs amended slightly. Because there might not be other people around, but what have we seen? God is always with his people. God sees the things that are done in secret. And so Joseph shows great integrity when faced with sexual and other temptations because he flees from it. That's a lesson for all of us. Do not give in to temptation. I think I have to point out today, because of our passage, that we should flee especially from sexual temptation. Do not give in. Do not think that nobody else will find out. Do not think that you will get away with it, even if you're not found out. I'm still not sure that you personally would get away with anything. Because God knows. You know. And if there's another person involved, they know. And there are no winners when it comes to these situations. I've seen it happen. Everyone is a loser. Flee from temptation. Because it's the right thing to do. In that moment, do what Joseph did. Look for a way out, not a way in. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says this. No temptation has overtaken you 
except such as is common to man. In other words, everybody faces temptation. All of us, everyone in this room will face temptation. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Friends, flee from temptation. Do what Joseph did and get out of there. God will provide for you a means of escape. Take it. Honour your God and live with integrity. That's what Joseph did. And yet, it still doesn't go well for Joseph, does it? Out of spite and anger, Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph in the wrong and he's sent to prison, which of course is not a good thing. Even though Joseph does the right thing, he's not met with the right outcome. And I think this is another important point of application for us. Sometimes, and especially in the new world of secularism that we live in, sometimes doing the right thing isn't enough for us to be treated fairly. I'm aware that some of you might have faced this in work or something like that already. It is possible that you can do and say the right thing and someone will still take offence at you. It's possible that you can act with integrity and yet still be accused in the wrong. We, we might have to face times when we are the ones telling the truth and everyone around us is telling lies. We might have to face that. In those times, we must not compromise. We must stand firm. We must keep our integrity. We must honour God. Remember, God is always with his people. He knows how we're living. We live for his glory, not for the glory of ourselves or for anybody else. And so we honour him with our lips, with our minds, with our actions. We do not give in. We do not compromise. Even if it means something bad might happen. So are you following the ups and the downs of Joseph's life? He's sold into slavery. That's a bad thing. He's put in charge of his master's house. That's a good thing. He's handsome. A good thing. He catches the eye of his master's wife. A bad thing. He flees from sexual temptation. A good thing. And then he ends up in prison. A bad thing. You see the roller coaster going on, the ups and the downs. But notice that God has not abandoned him. It might have felt that way for Joseph at times, especially when he does the right thing and he still ends up in prison. But that's not the case. God is always with his people. And so in the prison, Joseph's story parallels the time that he spent in Potiphar's house. We're reminded that the Lord was with Joseph and so he prospered in prison. Verses 22 and 23, near the end of the passage. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. And so, at the end of the chapter, at the end of this roller coaster of a chapter, it seems as if Joseph is on top again. But he's come through a lot. 
He has been up and he has been down. And through it all, God has not, not once, abandoned him. The way this story flows, bring to mind for me the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 4. Paul writes this in Philippians 4. I have learned that in whatever state I am in, to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things. I have learned to be full and to be hungry. To abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see what Paul's saying here? He's not saying all things are possible. He's not saying I can walk out the door and fly across the car park. He's saying that in the good times and in the bad times, in the ups and in the downs, he's learned this great secret. The secret of Christian contentment. That no matter what happens in all things, he can get through it because God is with him. I think the story of Joseph in Egypt here tells us the same message. God is always with his people in the good times and in the bad. And so we can be content if we have a lot or if we have a little. If we're in the valley or if we're on the mountain. We need to learn this lesson of contentment, that God is always with his people. Even when it doesn't feel like it, God is there. He will never abandon us. I want you to notice one other thing before we finish about the life of Joseph. And it happens in these two places that Joseph finds himself, in Potiphar's house and in prison. Did you notice how it's not just Joseph that is blessed because of God's presence, but those around Joseph are blessed because of God's presence. And the very place seems to be blessed because of God's presence, because God is with Joseph. And I think that's a challenge to us. How is it, or how is it working out in the places where we find ourselves? We're most likely living in a better situation than Joseph. Are we seeing the blessing of God in those places we live and work and spend time? God is with us, that's not in doubt. We've seen that clearly in this passage. And if God is with us, then there should be a blessing from God around us. Back when I was teaching maths, um, and I think it was about year nine or ten, we covered something called correlation. You've maybe heard of correlation. It basically takes two sets of numbers and it tries to find a relationship between those two sets of numbers. A boring example would be uh, the height and the weight of children. So generally, there's a positive correlation there. The taller someone is, the more they weigh, at least in their early years. Another example of positive correlation might be the temperature outside and the sales of ice cream. Normally, the hotter it is, the more ice cream you sell, and the cooler it is, the less ice cream you sell. You get the idea. I think what this passage is telling us is that there should be a positive correlation between the presence of God's people and God's blessing 
in a place. When God's people are there, the place should experience God's blessing. Here we are in King's Mills. The place where our congregation exists is no accident. God has put us here to be a blessing to those around us. God has put you in your workplace, in your school, with your family and your friends to be a blessing. This happens through love. It happens through service towards our neighbours. It happens by inviting people along to church to hear the gospel. It happens through prayer and acts of mercy in the local community. Wherever Joseph found himself, because the Lord was with him, that place was blessed. And I hope the same can be said for each one of us. Well, look, there's lots in this short chapter and lots to give us a a good example. I think Joseph sets a a good example for us in, in this chapter But as you know, the the Bible doesn't just give us a good example and then condemn us when we don't follow it. The way to live is clear from this lesson in the life of Joseph. But if you're anything like me, you're going to find it hard to keep following in Joseph's example. I don't know about you, but my effort, my willpower, it might get me through the drive home. It might even get me through Sunday dinner, but it doesn't last much longer than that. We need something more than our own willpower. And so thankfully, once again, as we read this passage, we see pointer after pointer after pointer from Joseph to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus who kept the commands of God perfectly. The one who lived with perfect integrity despite enduring the worst temptations. The one who was accused in the wrong and was sentenced to death for it. The one who felt as if the Father had forsaken him upon the cross. The one through whom God is always with his people. Once again we are pointed to the perfect crucified and yet risen Lord Jesus. He went through the downs. He was made low for us and he has been raised for us. He is the only one that we can trust never to leave us or forsake us. He's the only one through whom we can find forgiveness when we do give in to temptation. He's the only one we can look to when we're mistreated for doing what is right. He is the one through whom all blessings flow. The one who we can and should point people to, to find blessings in this life. If we are going to be a blessing to those around us, it's ultimately through introducing them to Jesus and seeing them come to saving faith in him. This story of Joseph once again acts as a signpost pointing us to the greater and better reality that is found in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. To him be all glory, now and forever. Amen.